intimidate Mama was like buttermilk trying to intimidate Hungarian goulash. A dark-eyed, loving, stubborn, courageous woman, she barreled through life hell-bent on ignoring road signs. Once, for example, in the summer of 1939, President Franklin D. Roosevelt visited our neighborhood to officiate in the formal opening of the Queen's Midtown Tunnel, which spilled out onto East 35th Street just one door down from our apartment building, and I wanna meet him. Mama rumbled like Vesuvius when she heard FDR was coming. My uncles, Moses, Elias, and Albert, told her it was impossible, to which she pityingly responded, You cuckoo! On the day of the ceremony, my mother and I, together with my uncles, were standing at the outer circumference of a cordon of spectators about thirty feet from the President's automobile. In her left hand, Mama held a mysterious brown paper shopping bag, but I paid no attention to it at the time. All eyes were on FDR as he reached out from his car with a gold-plated scissors and neatly snipped the broad blue ribbon that stretched from one side of the tunnel entrance to the other. Then, before anyone knew what was happening, my mother was grimly advancing on the president. It must have looked like an assassination attempt, because flashbulbs started exploding, the president dropped the scissors in dread anticipation, and a covey of Secret Service men drew their revolvers and surrounded the car. They were too late. Mama had gotten to the president. I want to shake you hand she announced, half purr, half growl, and then she reached out and crunched the president's paw in her effortlessly dynamic grip. FDR smiled weakly. Then it happened. Mama leaned over and reached into the mysterious shopping bag, and two of the Secret Service men made a dive for her, but they barely got a glove on my mother before she had withdrawn from the bag a large glass jar filled with a murky, rust-colored substance. She handed it to the astonished president. Homemade jelly, Mama grunted, for when you have company. As I recall it, one of the Secret Service men lunged for the jar, but FDR waved him off and accepted it. Thank you, madam, he said. Quince jelly, my mother added matter-of-factly. Lebanese quince jelly. Delicious. The president smiled. It was almost a grin, and shook my mother's hand again. I had to card the man for sheer guts. Three Secret Service agents escorted Mama back to the spectator circle, and as her gaze fell upon my uncle's, her eyes flickered briefly with a glint of victory and satisfaction. She was unstoppable, and she knew it. Mama's irresistible force was once memorialized in a silver loving cup that I'd won in a beautiful baby contest, and, my God, he was beautiful baby, she would marvel when glancing at the trophy, at times mysteriously capping this performance by turning her head to stare cunningly, if not triumphantly, in my direction, while murmuring, You mama take good care of you, William. I never knew what she meant by this, until I asked one of my uncles about it finally, and he reluctantly confided that mama had 
take care of me during the Sweeback caper by bribing one of the judges, thus rendering me the only living mortal ever to have won a fixed beautiful baby contest, my emotions during the course of this revelation being best described, I suppose, as stunningly conflicted, although one of my thoughts back then still piercingly clear was that no Everest was beyond my mother's reach. Her page of life had been printed in boldface. On the other hand, my father, Peter, was light italics. Many years later, whenever I would mention him in the presence of my Uncle George, what a quiet man, he would invariably say. A pixieish, introspective sort, Papa separated from my mother when I was three, and I think it was all because of a newspaper. Mama had for years been baffled in her sporadic and impatient attempts.